Eastman. You're listening to iLive Radio, supporting independent artists from around the world. Hey, peace and blessings. This is Lucia D inviting you to join me each and every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. for Honey Drop here on iLive Radio. Journey with me each week as I spin the latest international sounds in new soul, R&B, hip-hop, and a little taste of everything in between. Every show features independent producers from across the world in the beats beneath. And the 10 sweetest vibes of the week smooth out the night in the 10 drop. Honey Drop, each and every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, here on iLive Radio. Serving up audible treats like honey, always with a heavy beat drop. Attention à tous les musiciens, groupes, associations, clubs et organisations qui représentent les styles collectifs de musique à travers la Canada. Le moment est venu de reconstruire nos genres et de nations musicales collectives comme le hip-hop, le R&B, le jazz, le soul, le reggae, le gospel et plus unis. La nation de la musique collective est une organisation à but non lucratif engagée dans le développement de la musique collective. Des adhésions gratuites sont disponibles dès maintenant. La nation de la musique collective une seule voix, la force dans l'unité. Your number one local radio station. Happy Saturday, everyone. Happy, happy Saturday. What's up? What's up? What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Happy Saturday. Wealth Effect back in effect. How are you doing today, Nicole? doing awesome awesome somebody celebrated a birthday this week how was that yes yes my birthday my birthday getting up there you know <laughs> counting <laughs> counting down it was good man you know unfortunately i'm used to having like uh people who know me i usually have some big parties on my, my birthday so this covid stuff has uh impacted my ability to uh celebrate it the way i usually do so i finally was very quiet just went out to dinner um, and yeah, just it's been a busy uh, mortgage market, which I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about today. Yeah. Um, it's just me and you. So. <laughs> so I know this is the first time in a little bit, you know, but it's great because, you know, especially what's happening in the mortgage market, like things have been just steadily picking up as far as, you know, um, we know demand with with buying homes is there, the demand for clients trying to refinance you know, we had the Bank of Canada made their overnight announcement. So a couple of things, you know, a lot of things we can actually discuss and just, you know, bring everybody up to speed as to what is happening in the mortgage market. Yeah. So um, I guess we didn't even introduce the show. So this is the Wealth of X show. Uh, it's brought to you by CTMS. I'm Jason Allen John and it's Nicole Williams. Today we don't have a guest. So it's just uh, myself and Nicole. Um, I'm not in studio, as you can tell. So uh, we reversed what, for what we did last week. Yeah, exactly. uh, but I guess, you know what, it's it's been a crazy week. Uh, the mortgage market is, and the real estate market is insane right now. And um, I think we could just get into a lot of topics and maybe just discuss like what you're experiencing currently. You know, maybe we could talk about a couple of, um, you know, deals we're working on, you know, yeah. obviously, and just a couple scenarios just to see what's going on in the market and how we're helping our customers. So. Yes. Burning you know, midnight this, oil, literally, that's what I will say. And I, I think we both can say the same thing as far as, you know, just steadily how busy we are, right? Mm -hmm. the files. Yeah. Busy and busy. So let's talk about Bank of Canada. Yes. So um, Bank of Canada um, uh, didn't move rates. Mm -hmm. um, however, we're seeing spike in, in fixed rates. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, when we look at that, it's now it becomes is variable now an option again, right? So I guess now we can get into a little discussion of now, like, you know, Bank of Canada has essentially said, 
they're not going to be raising rates until they reach their inflation target or their and which they're expecting is 2023. Yes. So that's I guess two years from now before they'll start raising rates. And um, however, it seems to 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 me that it's it's like the the bond market or the financial markets are actually fighting what Bank of Canada and what the U.S. Federal Reserve wants to do. That um, it seems like the bond rates are going up, so it looks like our fixed rates are rising. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, what have you been doing? You know, over the past couple of weeks, uh, just you know, um, l- looking into it with your customers and trying to navigate this market. Yes. So, as I said, burning the midnight oil in the sense of, you know, you get into the office and you're seeing just emails coming in from lenders saying rates to go over, I mean, to be increased at midnight tonight. And you're like, wow, like, you know, so it's like, okay, you're trying to get approvals in, lock those rates in. Um, Because prior to, you know, the, 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 the change and the move in the fixed rates, you know, I was saying to a lot of clients, you know, this is a good time to lock in if you want to lock in, in the sense of rates are at an all time low, take yeah. advantage, you know, you know what your budget looks like, it, it just helps people to have peace of mind, you know, not having to sit there and figure out, okay, where are the rates going? What's happening? Am I in the best situation for my particular family? Um, and we were suggesting the fixed. Um, mm. But with the change and the move and, you know, the discount off of prime have hasn't really I'm sorry, it has come down, you know, for variable rate products with some lenders. Um, and the fact that the overnight rate hasn't changed. Now the conversation has flipped to where we're saying, you know, variable to me can work for the client that is, you know, uh, prepared and understands what the variable product is. Because, you know, just d- defining it, we know that the variable product can change over a five-year term, unlike a fixed where the rate remains constant. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some people, that can bring a little bit of anxiety if yeah. they are, you know, uncertain or unsure or if their budget yeah. is tight. But yeah. for the clients who are a little bit more sophisticated, have, you know, been through a mortgage, the mortgage process before, a little bit, um, you know, been through the rodeo in a sense. Um, for them, they, they kind of know what to expect. And for those clients, I'm saying, you know, looking at the variable at this point makes sense. How, yeah. how are you seeing with your clients as well? Well, it's like a mix because to be honest with you, we're still at historically low rates for like a five year. Like people could still catch, you know, if you're going on the insure side, you're still could catch it under 2%. So it all really depends on what the customer is really doing. Mm -hmm. But you're right. The variable rate is very, very, very attractive right now. Yes. um, And, you know, I have been pushing some customers into the variable rate. So it all depends on the situation. So it's it's a mix because it's kind of like... do you think like it's like you could take the savings so if bank of canada says it's going to take two years before they raise rates so mm-hmm. do you take two years worth of savings for potentially to have higher rates their last three years of the mortgage or not so it's it's, it's yeah. a matter of preference you know um but it's like the rush to maybe convert your mortgage to a fixed rate like it was a few weeks ago is not as evident as there right so yeah. um i think okay so what i you want to go with something like, uh, I know we don't like to do, well, I say we don't like to do predictions, but we do a little bit, but I have some um, things that I think is going to come into the market over the next few weeks. You know, uh, uh, what I, I expect from what the banks and what is going to happen. Um, um, so I don't know what, I don't know if you want to lead or what do you think? No, you, you, you tend to be a really good predictor as to like, you know, understanding where the trends are going. Cause yeah. the things that you have said that have been bang on, you know, from the beginning, um, so no, I'm curious to hear what you what you think. 
So I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a couple of things. The banks are going to start releasing two-year fixed mm-hmm. specials. You're going to see three-year variable rate specials. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see four years. Yeah. So you're going to see lower down on the curve a lot of rate specials. Yeah. I think that's what they're going to do in the spring market. Yeah. It's going to be the promotions and the big thing that they're going to do. I also think that variable rate, the discount on the variable rates were going to increase. I agree with that. So that's I don't I think agree. this uh, prime minus 1% is going to last very long. Mm-hmm. I think it's as the rates continue to go up, they're going to say like, oh, we want to squeeze that variance a bit more. Mm-hmm. So I think this is uh, could be temporary, right? So mm-hmm. so I, I uh, that's kind of my thoughts uh, mm-hmm. on that. How about yourself? Oh, you're right. I've already seen lenders start to say, um, you know, don't worry, the five years, you know, increase. But guess what? This is our three-year special. So everything that you're saying, I have seen some lenders already start to push that narrative. Um, you know, when I was in the bank, that's what they were famous for doing when they wanted to really you know, take away the, 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 the fact that they've started to increase in the longer term um, rate, such as the five and 10 year, because sometimes we, we forget there's a 10 year rate as well, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then they start pushing more of their midterm type yeah. rate, um, which is where the client doesn't typically, you know, unless if there's a need for it, they don't typically go three years, right? So that's where they start to push that narrative and try to push the client into that box. Yeah. Um, funny <laughs> enough, um, so my own personal mortgage is coming up, well, it's supposed to come up this summer. And, um, I got a call from the lender saying, Hey, now's a good time to lock in. So I always have a chuckle because, you know, until they start really looking at my profile, they don't realize that I'm too in the mortgage space. So I'm like, okay, yeah. So what are you offering? And to exactly what you're saying, their offer was, um, a three, they were trying to push me towards a three year, uh, fixed as well. Right. So, um, just very interesting that you actually are thinking that. And that's essentially what has happened even to me as far as an offering that I got from my particular mortgage lender. Yeah, like I think um, I think that's where we're heading. I think um, we're going down that path. So mm-hmm. now what that does do to the market, I'm not too sure. Um, I, I, I'm hearing it softening a little bit mm-hmm. in some, some extent. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the showings are starting to decrease because the supply is increasing. Yes. So I, I wonder what is it going to be? I think what's happening to a lot of buyers are getting upset and getting buyer fatigue because the bidding wars are exhausting. Like yeah. I've been in, involved in them myself and it's annoying and it's exhausting. And it's so, there's so much uncertainty mm-hmm. that I, like, I, like, I, like I hate it. So, so it's interesting that, you know, we're, we're going to shift on to this, but I'm going to talk about an article that I was reading the other day and mm-hmm. it was kind of interesting. Right. So, um, they're saying that um, basically, like Canada and New Zealand both have house ha- hot housing markets, yes. but only one of them has a plan to cool down things, right? Yes. So it looks like what they're doing, like they they are seeing the same issues that we're having, and they're seeing the affordability. But it's it's funny. So they said it's the fear of speculation investment in housing based on high high demand, low interest rates, and rising prices that has pot, uh, prompted um, New Zealand government and the Reserve Bank of New Zealand to change some issues. So they actually raised um, down payments on um, for clients or so for property owners to 20%. Mm-hmm. And they raised um, for investors to 40% down. So, I did so see that, that article as yeah. well. It's crazy when you think about it, though. You know, like I feel 
I, I feel for that though, in the sense of when we do that, it's kind of a slippery slope because now you start to eliminate a big segment of the population that doesn't necessarily have the means to come up with that 40% or even that, you know, larger deposit on that personal, you know, side. So what, what, what's the plan for those types of individuals? Are you saying then that real estate is only for a certain segment of the population? And I think that's where we have to be very cautionary. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's, it's interesting. I think that what they should do is, um, I'll be honest with you, I think they should really um, increase the down payment potentially for investor properties. Mm-hmm. But what they need to do is to provide incentives for first-time home buyers. I think if you yeah. can protect first-time home buyers and people um, who make under a certain amount of income, um, it's it's hard because it's like, you know, if you think about it for the government, it's a hard problem to solve. So yeah. they want to, they have to solve a, a housing problem that may be like GTA specific, but mm-hmm. it's a national issue. So it's like you affect everybody that's broad, right? So if you start increasing the down payments, it's crazy. So what I would do is I would increase the amortization for first-time home buyers um, and increase the down payment on investment properties. I think if I had to do it, and then obviously, you know, it's it's a slippery slope, but you know, the foreign buyers, you know, I'm hearing in Vancouver, they're getting a lot of like cash buyers are coming back into the market yeah so you know it's 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 becoming it's becoming like honestly it's kind of like the bitcoin story like we were talking about with ashley like it's becoming like a store of wealth real estate more than it is like so people who need to live in it like have it as housing they're at a disadvantage if people are looking at it as an investment so how do you you have to kind of i feel like you have to separate the two so people who need housing and people who need investment Cause yeah. then it's two different things. Cause then what I think what that kind of would do, it would help um, us uh, make the investors build more like multi-unit housing, mm-hmm. more expansive housing that's for rentals. Cause then that would be the market that would be more attractive to them. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's, I think if, if I was in if a policymaker, that's kind of like what I would look at doing. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, even BC is calling for the, the, um, the qualifying rate to be decreased. Because that's one thing that we haven't seen actually really fully decrease um, since the whole pandemic. So I know we had one, I think, decrease in the very beginning, um, but it really hasn't when we think about what the qualifying and what they're saying is if that rate came down, then that in itself would have helped a lot of these first time buyers or that are newer into uh, into the real estate market. And there kind of is a valid point to that. But I understand why the government probably has held firm, because we know that the reality is we are at an all time low, what happens when rates start to increase, especially if a client goes in and starts buying at the high end of their budget. Um, And, you know, yes, it looks really good that you might be spending or paying $2,200 a month right now for your mortgage. But that's based on your rate of being 1.64. What happens when that rate now goes to 2.64, you know, and that payment now goes from 2,200 to let's say 2,600. What type of effect can that and will that have on your family's budget? And will that then cause bigger issues in the long run, right? So, you know, I even saw that. So that's another thing people have been calling for. I don't think that's going to really come to play, to be honest, simply for what I just said. Um, yeah. But I know in BC, they're really, really calling for the, the qualifying rate to be to be uh, lowered. Yeah. So, you know, like um, on your one, what you're saying that it's like it's going on right now. 
Mm -hmm. The long end is going up and the short end is kind of lower. So what the stress test does is we could see in five years that rates could be close to where the stress test is, right? So I think that if they take it away, it should be for first-time homebuyers. They're going to do something. Like they have to do something. The federal government has to announce some sort of policy to assist uh, first-time buyers. Mm -hmm. So I I think um, like that, that, that has to come into play some way or another but who knows what they're gonna do right because it's a little crazy like i feel sorry for people who are not in the housing market because yeah. it's so insane yeah. like bidding wars like it's it's actually discouraging it you is know? Um, I, I even think about my children i'm like you know it, just recently it was announced that we we hit over a million dollars for the average um gta uh, detached home right and, you know, when we were growing up, you thought of a million dollars, you thought of this like Richie Rich, yeah. you know, uncle, you know, what's his name? Uh, uncle Duck? No, what's that? That, that rich duck's name. <laughs> I don't remember. His uh, name. Um, but he's swimming his money. Remember? he? Yes, he, yes. His, I know what you're talking about. From DuckTales. DuckTales. Exactly. Yes. You think about him. You thought about like Richie Rich. You were thinking like these million dollar homes, like these massive homes. And now to know that a million dollars is just getting you the average, probably three bedroom family starter detached home right it's like wow like when our kids are ready to purchase what then but then it goes back into inflation right it's like what is the value of the actual dollar right and that's something that sometimes we forget to 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 to, to consider in the general in the general sense of that what's the value of the dollar today versus maybe even 10 15 years ago and then with that um it goes into the whole thing about policy and you know minimum wage there's so many conversations that we could have because the rate of um of people's pay hasn't increased to the level that you know the overall cost of living has increased right so it's just so many different conversations. Um, you know, I, I am not a policymaker, neither are you. And um, but this is why it's important that we we have these conversations. We learn to advocate for ourselves. Um, and really, there's no harm in us getting a seat at the table to ensure that our voices are heard, because yeah. what happens in the next five, 10 years? And those are the things I think about, like by the time my children are ready to enter the market. Um, you know, these million dollar conversations are probably going to be a thing of the past, similar to when I remember when I first bought my, um, my first detached home, um, mm-hmm. people were like, you're buying a half a million dollar house, yeah. half a million dollars. And everyone was like, oh my God, it's a half a million. And that was the big thing, a half a million, yeah. half a million. And, yeah. you know, that was a little over 10 years ago. And now that half a million is like, you know, tripled in a sense. Right. So then where yeah. does the conversation go in the next 10 years? Yeah. Like, where does it, like, and that's the thing, like, is there a cap? Is there a limit? Is this the, uh, what they call the New Yorkization or the Manhattanization of Toronto or whatever they call it? So it's, um, it's interesting. So it's funny because I remember, um, you know, um, when I was going to university or college, I mean, we were talking about like the greatest transfer of wealth is going to happen. Like when's the transfer of wealth happening? When is the transfer of wealth happening? And I guess it's happening right now. Like yeah. there is like all that stuff is going on. So there's a lot to think about because it's like, if you're like, what do you do? If you're a homeowner and you own your home um, and let's just say you're going to be downgraded in a few years, mm-hmm. what do you do? Do you do yes. it now? Do you speed up that process? Uh, do you think about renting or something like that? Because it's like, what about those people who have bought housing 
you know, maybe you spent a hundred thousand dollars on the house and now it's worth like one and a half million dollars. Like that's it. look how that that cash could probably change your life. Like what, what do you do in that type of situation? I think these are the type of conversations people need to start thinking about them, their their lives because um, I always say like a house doesn't the equity never heats your home. No, exactly. So if you're not figuring out how to leverage it or use it, or you're not someone that's like that, mm-hmm. should you really just sit on your equity, mm-hmm. or should you be and that's you know, do something different? I've seen some realtors actually. That's their marketing strategy. They said, you know, are you thinking about downsizing? Are you looking to? Are you entering into retirement? That's literally been their marketing strategy because they're in the unique situation where, you know, as you said, you can cash out take your money, you probably only need a condo at this point, or maybe you're going to relocate or you have other properties that you can, you know, go and turn Mm -hmm. to. So you're not really having to battle again, becoming a buyer, because then that's the flip side of the situation. I've had clients similar to yourself who, you know, sold a a property, they, they cashed out, they were super happy. They got multiple offers, were able to go with the highest offer, but now they have to re-enter the market. So what happens when now you are on the other side of the coin, right? Um, but for someone who's in retirement or looking to retire in the next year or two years, they are in the unique situation that they're not necessarily in that same space as maybe somebody that's going from a townhouse to now a detached or from a condo to a townhouse. Um, they're literally looking to do, to do the opposite, which is to downsize. So they're the ones who are probably going in with those full cash offers, no conditions. Um, yeah. And, you know, they're buying the house in cash and then they're yeah. still pocketing a, a huge chunk of change. You yeah. know? So um, definitely, I would say this is a time to be considerate. My husband has. This said, is Jamie Sparks, and you're listening to I Live Radio, about the break. changing the way you listen to radio. Hey, this is Jermaine Robbins, and you're listening to I Live Radio, changing the way you listen to radio. Yo, this is Keanu Quinn, and you're listening to I Live Radio, changing the way you listen to radio. This is Lavinia J from the UK, and you're listening to I Live Radio. Attention all musicians, bands, associations, clubs, and organizations that represent collective styles of music across Canada. Now is the time to rebuild our collective music nation. Genres like hip-hop, R&B, jazz, soul, reggae, gospel, and more united. The Collective Music Nation is a non-profit organization committed to the development of collective music. Free memberships are available now. Collective Music Nation. One voice. Strength in unity. This is Miss Care keeping you connected with your iLive 5 by 5 Brought to you by iLive Music. Sponsored by Independent Hype. And powered by The Hook Entertainment. Contribute to the conversation by using hashtag iLive 5 by 5 For the latest and greatest in soul music and more, stay tuned to iLive Radio throughout the week. Connect with our team at iLiveRadio.com or follow us at iLive Radio across social platforms. You're listening to iLive Radio. Radio. Changing the way you listen to radio. Radio. iLive Radio. The the, 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 the number one hit music station. station. Okay, guys. So 
um, Jason's not in studio and now I realize how much I value him. <laughs> he keeps us on track to be like, okay, guys, we have one minute left. We have you know, two minutes left. And here I am just chatting away. <laughs> so again, thank you for joining us. Um, it is, we are live with The Wealth Effect with myself, Nicole Williams, Jason Allen, John, who is joining us, as you can see from not in studio. So I'm going to do my best to keep us online and in track as far as when the commercials come in. Um, but yeah. So just before we got, um, you know, interrupted with the break, I was just saying that um, back to what Jason was saying with cashing out, my husband actually says, if, you know, if we can get $2 million for our house, let's just sell, right? And I was like, okay, sell and go where? Sell and go where? But yeah, so just uh, a funny little thing that we deal with. Um, also, yeah, I just want to continue on that just a little bit more because mm -hmm. I just want to stay on the transfer of wealth a bit more because I'm just reading this article and it's basically saying that um, so basically in 2006, there was 46% of individuals between 55 and 74 were like mortgage free. And now that's up to 55%. Wow. So it's like, there's three in, in Vancouver, there's $373 billion in mortgage free, uh, equity and household sitting there. Wow. So there has to be some sort of, uh, time when there's going to be, um, that transfer is going to take place. So it's like, what's happening, I feel like, is that because the boomers are kind of not selling, there's no supply. And because of that no supply, it's creating this super frenzy market. So it's interesting that, you know, what's kind of like going on with, um, you know, that and like, what do you do? What are they, what are they thinking? Because when you see right now what's going on with COVID, I'd never sell my house. Yeah, <laughs> you know you're not going to want to go to a home or anything like that right so it's an interesting thing i i find i i find this topic very curious and very uh interesting because you look at neighborhoods and you see them sometimes not really shifting and mm -hmm. i wonder what's going to like that that you would think there would be some more turnover but yeah. there's less turnover right? right that has happened with um i have a client that i was I'm doing a refinance for and you know we have access to purview which is a system that allows us to kind of just get an, a snapshot or a quick idea yeah. as to the value of a client's home right um and when i was pulling the purview there's like no data there and i'm like this is impossible how's there no data and back to what you're saying it's because there's no sales activity there's nothing happening within that client yeah. To yeah. actually generate any true numbers, right? So exactly what you're saying that that's that's we're seeing it, right? Yeah. So that that I think that's where the weakness in the market is, and I think that's where, um, you know, you'd have to you have to sit down and think. Like I, I don't know what I would do. Like obviously I know what I would do because I'm a I'm a I'm a cash out guy. If I, yeah. I'd be like, yo, I'm gonna go rent. I'm gonna go invest my money. I'm gonna double that every two years in some private lending or something. So I wonder what people are gonna uh, do. Because you have to take advantage of sometimes when the market is very high. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you know, this happened in 2017 when the market was on fire. Mm -hmm. It went up significantly and people were just like, they didn't sell. And then like only now the prices are back to where they were. So it's interesting because there are some metrics that show we're starting, even on the affordability side, we're still having even um, matched what we were back in um, 2017 as far mm -hmm. as the the, the numbers why um there's a chart on that i'll i'll talk about that for a second but give me one second let me look for it but but yeah it's interesting that we're it seems like we're back to that 2017 2016 craze mm -hmm. and i wonder what's going to be the change because what what was the outcome of that 
was exactly what New Zealand did. They Im- implemented the stress test. Yes. So that's what the, what stopped the craze. Yes. So that's I right. wonder what is in, up in the, the government sleeve right now, right? Yeah. But then the other thing that's, um, I think, we're, why we're in a better position this time um, versus 2017 um, is simply because of the pandemic, people mm. have become a lot more cautious with their spending. So, um, you know, we're seeing statistics that show that consumer debt is actually on the decline, right? So people are looking at it instead of having all this consumer debt, let me invest in things that we understand that have appreciating value. Um, And, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, we want more space, we want more home, we want to be able to enjoy our space as as much as we possibly can. People are not spending on the vacations that they used to, people are not spending on you know, the, going out to restaurants and entertainment. So in actuality, people are just kind of shifting those resources now into housing. That's essentially what's happening. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. an interesting perspective. Yeah. Because it seems like, yeah, based on this chart back again, it looks like it, um, back in 2016, 2017, we were basically, um, we're approaching those levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that was that where the the market kind of took a dip back to affordability levels mm-hmm. so home prices relative to compensation were catching up to two times two our times. compensation levels right and yeah. that was when that went over to about 2.1 percent that's when kind of like the market started to go down yeah so it's just stuff everybody you know honestly i'm not a doomsday type of person i don't think the market's gonna crash i really think there's a lot of positives to it but it's just things that we have to pay attention to because there are cycles and you know like uh some of the stuff when you're at when i'm talking about the rates and things like that it's just me looking towards when we were at a similar point at a time in the past what was the situation at that time yeah but you're right this is what economists do though they study the charts they study the data like they don't get caught up in the emotional part, like, which is what we see and we hear with from our clients, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, there was like 50 people bidding and oh, it went over asking 100,000. Yeah, those things we understand that can be more of the emotional context of it. But when economists are really looking at the, 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 the information, they're looking at the hard facts, the hard data. So they are studying the charts. They're studying, you know, what percentage of, uh, of income is being u- utilized. You know, what is the amount of debt of the, the average Canadian consumer versus now the, the, the homeowner? And to your point, I didn't even realize that um, there's, so, there's been such an increase in um, mortgage free households Um, that in itself is like um where we we think about okay game changer it makes big sense and this is why there's a lot of uh first-time buyers um that are getting the assistance from their family because their families are in a position because they themselves um you know more mature have no mortgage or very little mortgage that they're in a position to help now that next generation get into the real estate market no, it's like literally, um, I was reading it. They're saying, where was it? 85% in some cases are getting down payment from assistance from their um, from their family. Mm-hmm. So um, like, yeah, but you have to. It's like, that's where the transfer of wealth happens. Yes. You know, like I, I don't, like, you know, you're, say, you're saying like, okay, what's going to happen to my children? But yeah. I'm sure what you're going to do is, prudent you and your husband you guys are going to transfer some of that equity and that wealth to them so they can purchase property that's and that's where they talk about that's where the transfer of wealth needs to happen so i think what needs to be looked at a lot more and i always echo this is like parents um investing with their children in purchasing property 
because yeah. it's kind of like why wouldn't you want that like i always it, it mind boggles me sometimes when my clients family have equity and then they want to pay like cmhc fee like it's like why are you giving the government thirty thousand dollars like it like it like like it almost doesn't make no sense like you could give them like an almost sometimes it's like an extra 50 grand to save someone like 20 dollars like why don't i just pay you that if yeah. i'm willing to do that right why 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 can't i why couldn't they sell it to their family as like an investment so i think like i always thought about that like you have to maybe take a course on like this is how you pitch to your family how yeah. to get money for your invest for your property. You yeah. know what I mean? More that's, like that's a good point though. I don't think people actually really realize how much the insurers charge, right? Um, yeah. I think it's only once we because you know they know that there's an insurance premium, but they they're thinking a couple of thousand. But when you're seeing that it's 35 and 32, and you know, they're like, what? This is how much it is? I'm like, yeah, that's how much it is. It's like whatever down payment you thought you put down, you basically just wipe that right out. And now you're just capitalizing that back into the mortgage, right? Exactly. But they really, I don't think they understand. And this goes back to, you know, you and I've had these conversations before. It's about how do you provide a win-win? You know, instead of going to them and saying, hey, just give me this money. No, per approach it to say, how can we go in this as an investment? You know, yes, I might be the one that's going to physically stay in the property. I'll pay the mortgage. But if you put an X amount, I put an X amount, you know, you have a percentage of ownership. I have a percentage of ownership. Yeah. And we're both taking advantage of what's happening in the, the real estate market. Yeah. And there's like literally small things you could do. Like, for example, like someone, one may say, okay, I'm going to um, get my down payment assistance from my family. I'm going to, now that I'm on a 30 year amortization, but I'm going to pay as if it's a 25 year amortization. Mm -hmm. And in the five years, you should be able to develop enough equity with you know even small one to two percent growth on a home mm -hmm. enough equity to probably pay back that out yeah just start, you know what i mean and it's just and at the end of the day if you think about it that money is really there yeah so like it's like i think you know like like literally like you know maybe one day we should uh do a show where like we actually pull up some numbers and show people this because i think it would be good education to understand how that works and maybe that would open up more uh, parents and boomers or grandparents to free up some of their equity for the next generation, you know, because otherwise that's what's going to be the difficulties. You're not selling your home. So people are getting access to your, your, your houses. So there's lack of supply. So what way can you do is you can help, you know what I mean? And I think, uh, I think that's a good um, way of assisting the next generation as long as you believe in the housing, right? So yeah. if you think the person's making the right decision, why, you know, why wouldn't you help, right? So, and also you can see the people, person benefit. Yeah. Of like I know so many, I like um, one of my, one of my best clients, like one of my first mortgages I ever did was with him. And I remember, um, you know, um, his family bought him a condo when they went to cottage, sorry, when he went to college. Mm -hmm. And the condo at that time was like, I think it was like 160, like downtown, but he had to make the payments like the, so instead of him renting, it's that, and that property catapulted him to now he has like seven properties. Wow. And at that time, I think the parents may have put down like $50,000, but like now he has four or five properties living in a multi-million dollar home and just use the leverage of the equity. But look, the parents literally gave him let's just say 50 grand. And now he's set literally for the rest of his life. Now he's a smart guy and yeah. you're not, I don't want to take away from him. And I'm not saying it's only because the parents gave him that money, but it's just that awareness to like, let me give my 
children a push. Right? Yeah. And now that could be your aunt. You could do that for your friends. Like there's, you know what I mean? It doesn't limit you to just family members or parent relationship. Not at all. And this is where the power of, you know, just understanding, because I've seen where people, you know, not necessarily family members, but even friends have said, okay, you know what? I can lend you the money. So instead of, you know, you taking all of the money from a bank, you could also have, this is where second mortgages come in, right? You can have a private mortgage and this could be a family member. This could be your neighbor. This could be somebody who has money. And you're saying, instead of investing it or putting it in a savings account and not even getting 1%, I'm willing to pay you X amount because you're willing to lend me this amount of money. It's fully registered on title. This is fully legal. There's things, but again, this is about having these types of conversations because A, it helps that person by coming up with a little bit more money to get that property. And then B, it's helping you because instead of you having it sitting in a cash account, making pretty much nothing, you're now actually making something. um, And uh, you also have yourself protected as far as it being registered and such on, on title as well. Yeah, so we all like so we say we always talk about the difficulties for first-time home buyers getting into the market, and like these are just some of these actual solutions. Like you know what I mean? Like a solution number one, you can go access additional equity from family members. Like rates are at all-time low, so if they're borrowing at two percent or under, like it's like a win-win-win. And if, if you think these prices are going to continue to go up at these levels then why not make that type of investment? You know what I mean? So uh, these are the things. And then like, I think what's gonna come into play a lot, house hacking. Like Mm -hmm. why not think about buying a home with a friend at this point in juncture, right? Maybe you could buy something that's a duplex. You could live in the basement, whatever. You know, maybe you can afford a condo and they can afford a home. Like why not look at that? Because that's where you gotta get creative if you wanna get into it. Like, you know, you can't sit there and complain that you can't get in. Like you have to figure out what you can do, what you could, what you can work with, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing is to consider: um, is your RSPs? Are you taking advantage of the home buyer's plan through the RSP? Um, how many people are aware that you can actually withdraw up to thirty-five thousand dollars from your RSP um, in order to make the purchase? And then what happens if you don't have the thirty-five thousand dollars? You know, you can yes. take an RSP loan, put the money into the RSP as long as the money's in there for ninety days you actually can then pull those funds out, utilize 35,000 towards your down payment, right? And then if it's two of you, that's 70,000, you know? Um, So there's so many different options. We just have to be open to the possibility, still really believe. And then I'm a full proponent. If you cannot afford what's happening in Toronto or the, 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 the surrounding areas, we are not bounded by our jurisdiction, right? We can go anywhere. I've had clients since the beginning of the year move to London. I've had people gone move to Windsor. I've had people that are now looking into Hamilton, um, the Niagara, St. Catharines area, because they're saying, you know what, we're home. I want more space than just being in a, in a small condo. Um, and I'm open to looking at other areas, right? Um, and with that being said, um, I actually saw an, an article recently where Windsor is having such a big spike as a result of people thinking and doing exactly what I'm saying. You yeah. know, so instead of being and stuck in the, the greater Toronto area where you really can't get anything for your, you know, let's say you qualify for 500,000 and yeah. you don't want a condo, right? You want, you do want a home. It, that 500,000, you can actually get something in Windsor for that price point, something in St. Catherine, something in some of these other areas. Um, and, and as a result, um, you know, I did see an article where Windsor's having 
uh, a huge spike in their overall real estate market as a result of people moving from the GTA out there. You know, yeah. I don't know if you're experiencing any of that with your clients um, and what's what you're seeing. Yeah. So it's like, honestly, like it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's just, that's just, that's just probably the easiest thing to describe it. But like Hamilton is another proponent that's seeing that spillover from the, yeah. from the Toronto effect. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think another thing that's going to happen, here's another like little tidbit. I think employers, because if they start making people work from home, Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know if you remember, I don't know how, when you were working in the bank in TD days, but I remember when I was at BMO thing, they used to have pay scales based on where you lived. Yeah, so obviously yeah. the cost of living in different areas. So if all of a sudden you're going to be working from home and you live in Niagara, they're going to pay you that Niagara wage. They're not going to give you that Toronto wage no more because you're not commuted no more. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how that's going to affect people because they may have moved out, yeah. out there. But like, I, I think. I'm more of a proponent of you buying a property as an investment property and renting where you want to live. Yeah. Like I think that's a stronger thing than moving so far away from where you are used to living just to purchase a home mm-hmm. because real estate is all, if you're doing that, then it's gone beyond it's my house. It's going, it's, it's on. If you're thinking like an investor, yeah. So if you're thinking like an investor, you might not buy that house to live in. Cause it doesn't make any sense when you think of it, when you put on your business hat. Mm-hmm. So I think people have to get that FOMO out of their, their eyes mm-hmm. and think rationally on, you know, if you're going to want to live all the way out there just to say you afford a home, but could you just go buy a rental property out there if you want to participate in the market? Cause you can buy a rental property, hold it for five years, maybe rent and then sell that property. Mm-hmm. Good point. That, and then yeah, use like that, that money as a down payment to get you where you're going to go. As opposed to saying, I'm going to inconvenience my lifestyle and all this kind of stuff. So you have to really look like it's renting is so taboo. And I understand why people don't like it. I get it. You know, like housing prices has been such a sure bet. Like it's always gone up. It's always gone up in the last like 20 years. No one in our generation knows about housing prices going down really. So it's like, it's always been better, but it doesn't, I I don't mean you can rent and still become very wealthy. I know some renters that are very successful and, um, and you know, it doesn't mean they're never going to buy a home. It's just that they're going to wait for that opportunity, you know? So it's just, I feel like that's a proponent of house hacking. Yeah. And you're right. I've actually spoken to a couple of realtors who said that they are listing their homes um, and they're going to rent, right? They're, they're, because we are at a time where we're at the the top end in, in their eyes of where the real estate market is going to be in the next little while. So they're like, why not just cash out, take my money, and then I'll just rent in the city. I'm perfectly fine with that, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so what you're saying, uh, uh, even realtors themselves are looking as that, to have that as an option. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's very, it's, it, it, I think I think that's going to come up. Like it's, it's, a, it's a conversation you have to have. Mm-hmm. You can distribute your income uh, more, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, like right off your rental income, like, you know, c- compared to if you, if you just have a primary residence with no investment attachment yeah. to it, um, yeah. right now as a renter, you can fully write that, that, that is an office an expense, right? Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it's, it's, that's what I mean. So I feel like when people hear rent, mm-hmm. they feel like, Oh, you're you're getting out of the market, right? You know, mm-hmm. I can't see the clock down, but I know we're counting down, right? So, we're 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, I'm looking. At yeah. The All right. 
So I just want to say thank you for tuning in to The Wealth Effect with myself, Nicole Williams. We have Jason Allen John. Um, and we're going to announce when we come back, we are actually up for an award, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> we're up for best talk show so nice. um, with the iLive radio um, award show. So yeah, we'll talk about that when we get back. So just less than five seconds. Hi, this is Michonne Young, and you're listening to iLive Radio, supporting the independent artists from all around. This is Ronnie Sia, and you're listening to iLive Radio. iLive Radio. Changing the way you listen to radio. Listen to radio. Listen to radio. It goes, it goes down, right, down here, right here on iLive Radio. Yo, this is Razan here, and you're listening to iLive Radio. Changing the way you, I, we listen to radio, 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 radio. What's up, everybody? This is Cy Smith, and you're listening to iLive Radio, changing the way you listen to radio. My beautiful people, it's your man, Tayanas. And right now, you got it locked to iLive Radio, changing the way you listen to radio around the world, baby. Nothing makes you look, feel, and perform better than a tailor-made suit. Just like a tailor-made suit, a mortgage is not a one-size-fits-all solution. Canadian Tailored Mortgage Solutions will customize a mortgage to perfectly suit your needs. Come and get fitted for your mortgage today at 1-877-834-9346 or reach us on the web at ctmortgagesolutions.com. COVID safety protocols are in place. Brokerage license number 13228. This is Miss Care, keeping you connected with your iLive 5x5. Brought to you by iLive Music. Sponsored by Independent Hype. And powered by The Hook Entertainment. Contribute to the conversation by using hashtag iLive 5x5. For the latest and greatest in soul music and more, stay tuned to iLive Radio throughout the week. Connect with our team at iLiveRadio.com or follow us at iLive Radio across social platforms. Listening to you're listening to a live radio. radio. Here are some words of wisdom. Don't change your station. Don't, don't change your station. Okay, guys, welcome back. Um, so just before we went on break, I well, welcome back to the Wealth Effect show. Mm -hmm. First off, brought to you by CTMS with myself, Nicole Williams. We have Jason Allen John. Um, but again, I wanted to just kind of share that we are up for an award. Um, and so iLive Radio is hosting um, their award show for 2021. It's going to be at the end of April. And we have been nominated, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we're up for best talk show. So I'm asking all of our supporters to please go out ensure that you vote for us um www.awards with an s dot iliveradio.com and yeah so let's get us in there <laughs> i would love to see us to win but at the end of the day um we're just you know very thankful that we're actually in the conversation yeah that's um that's great <laughs> yeah um, that's 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 amazing and we gotta get all our supporters to um definitely vote for us to uh win that award though that's uh that's great. And, you know, we got to continue to just camera out this great content and stuff like that. I think every once in a while, we're going to have to do an episode like this, where it's like a, 
big mortgage breakdown like this, like a dump yeah. on mortgages and real estate. Uh, but uh, like almost overall, like a masterclass we, almost, right? Yeah, like you know, and it's um, it's interesting. It has me thinking because we're on Zoom, so it's like we could technically like present stuff. So yeah, you know what I mean. It's uh, you know, we could kind of probably mix this up the next time if we have to like show like numbers because yeah. even what we were talking about just like you know not to go back there but to go back there actually about like parents helping people or uh family members or even friends mm-hmm. showing the value of maybe providing that down payment assistance yes. as opposed to um the cmhc fee like yeah. what that return could be so i think people would understand that greater if we showed like those numbers so numbers. No, or, I- or or maybe we got to caption this clip it put it on instagram and we'll put some numbers in the text right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. No, I, I think what you said is is key because again, remember, this is new to both of us, you know, um, as far as the radio, the hosting, we just wanted to be able to provide content um, that is really having people elevate themselves as far as their, their mind, their thought process in how you can create wealth, right? Jason and I obviously are on the mortgage end of things, but we are both invested in so many different areas and we just want to be, be able to bring a breadth of knowledge, right, to the, the, the Canadian consumer with Canadian content because that's key there's a lot of information that is circulated but it's not really strictly Canadian content right Um, so I think Jason has something he's onto something when he says the next time we could probably you know utilize the platform to share some better numbers and really engage people as to um, why we say what we say other than just saying it you know like we're showing you statistical information yeah, because otherwise people are gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" That makes yeah. no sense. <laughs> yeah, that's but it's it. just you know what? It's just breaking down some slight information where I feel like people would could take advantage of, you know, like just other stuff, like even like to talk about something that's that's also I think that also affects our real estate market, but people don't realize too. Like for example, like the dollar has been skyrocketing since yes. like last year too, like. Last year, we were sitting at like 72 cents for the Canadian dollar to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And sorry, 68 cents. And now we're at 81 cents. Yes. Like, so like that also affects prices because as you know, the increase in our dollar, it's also showing the strength of the Canadian market. But I think it's all related to the price of oil and gas going up. So I don't know if you've been to the pump, but oh yeah, you don't. I haven't been. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been to the pump and that pump is expensive right now. So the cost of gas is going up. Like the other day I was pumping, I swear it was like a dollar 49 or a dollar in the 50s. So I remember straight pandemic, like last year, May, when, you know, oil was actually negative, you know, we're talking about like under a dollar, right? So we're seeing the effects on like the inflation. Right. So, you know, inflation numbers haven't gone up. So this is where I think and this is where I get on my economist tech hat in it, where I think that the Bank of Canada will be raising rates faster than they say they are because they have an inflation target Mm -hmm. and the inflation targets like two and a half percent or whatever. Um, I should probably Google that. But um, um, but they're trying they're getting up to that. So they get up to the inflation target. They have to raise rates. And, and, and that's if all why these prices are going up, then that doesn't make sense 2023. Yeah. Right? And that's why there are people were saying that they didn't agree with the, the predictions of the Bank of Canada, right? That's that's what basically has come out, right? Yeah. So are they really lying to us? What they yeah. <laughs> or you know what I mean? So the inflation target is 2%, right? right? So, you know, right now, I think, what's the inflation right now? So the inflation right now is 1%. 
one percent. So their target is two percent, but I don't, I don't know if I, be, if I believe that. I don't 1%. believe it. Yeah, when, right. When I go to the grocery store, it tells me it's way higher than one percent. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting because what is in uh, the consumer price index is very interesting because mortgage pricing is in it, mm-hmm. but because rates have gone down so oh, much, mm-hmm. it has, it has, it has with the cost of everything has gone up, the cost of uh, borrowing has gone down, which has yeah. gone, which has gone the negative effect, which has helped inflation measures go down. Yeah. But if interest rates start going up, then inflation is going to go up. Yeah. And then what's going to happen? They have no choice but to start raising rates, right? Yes. So. You know what I also wanted to kind of just circle back on something that we discussed with Ashley with the with blockchain. Um, when, yes. when I think you brought it up. I don't know if it was you or Ashley talking about the uh, possibility through blockchain of having the ownership like you know everybody can have a small piece yes when it comes to real estate um and the fact that nfts are like the new thing and yes. where that's going to be going and I- i'm just so curious um about the this whole um the, the, the possibilities that are going to come as a result um in directly in the real estate market through blockchain yeah. because i think if you are thinking that you know she's saying this you know, uh, there's probably thousands and dozens of people that are probably echoing and saying the same thing. So be very curious to see where that goes as far as ownership down the line um, and how that can then just open up real estate even greater for people across the world, right? Well, think about it. Like I just talked about it, like with the down payment assistant. Yeah. Imagine you could use the the blockchain and fractionalize a house. Or imagine you can go and say, hey, me and my friends, we're going to buy an apartment building. Mm-hmm. We could all live in a, we'll buy like a 15 plex and we'll all live in a certain amount of units and I'll fractionalize this. It's almost in the same sense as what a co-op is. Mm-hmm. Think about it. It's very similar. So how do you fractionalize it and stuff like that? And it'll yeah. be much easier to actually own real estate. And then you wouldn't have a mortgage. There wouldn't be no need for a mortgage. Because a mortgage does, like, although when we say, oh, the interest rate's only 1% or whatever, like, literally, you're you're paying over hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest over the years. Mm -hmm. So could there be some sort of link or connection where, where with a blockchain where you could eliminate the need for mortgages mm-hmm. and but you can buy a piece fractional so i want to buy a house i get a hundred people i tokenize my house i divide my house into a hundred pieces and i sell it mm-hmm. and i get no mortgage and i have no payment yeah such a cool concept i'm just you know like uh, this is something that like i'm telling you since that conversation that we had like i know my antennas have been super up right um, even yeah. to, I don't know if you know the artist, Toronto artist, Young Yemi. Do you know no. him? Okay. No. He's a, he does like um, Afro-futuristic type art. Okay. Um, really, really good guy, like Young. So his, uh, his Instagram, I think, is Young Yummy. Uh, anyways, if you wanted to look him up. But yeah, even what, why, why it caught my attention is that he's actually releasing a one-of-one. And he's doing it through the NFT as well. And I was like, oh my goodness, I just learned about that. And you know, and then here we have him like putting out his art. So I'm like, okay, if this is really now taking off where artists, even in Toronto, local to us are really taking in, I'm like, okay, what's going to happen next when it comes to real estate, you know? So even just kind of keeping my, my, my own ear to the ground as to what's yeah. happening, um, I think is going to be super crucial. This is the types of conversations that I think we definitely need to have and start thinking outside of the box. Um, because you know what, there may be resistance, but 
the reality is we can't stop where things are going to go. Right. Uh So if you can be at that beginning part of the curve of really seeing and participating, um, I think there will be some opportunities, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities um, for people to take advantage of. Uh, definitely. Yeah. But, I that, that that's way. unique. I, I honestly, I, I, we got to do some more research on that. Cause I think yeah. I don't want to, we're talking about it. And we're putting it out there. I hate, there are, there, there are companies, like I said, with, when we were talking with Ashley, there are companies in the States that are doing it. They're using mm-hmm. the Eurethium um, platform to make it happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder how, you know, imagine you just had like a wicked, amazing property that was like downtown Toronto, mm-hmm. You know, like instead of doing that, could I actually just buy it and tokenize it? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Maybe I should look. Maybe we should look into it. Just buy. I think. I think we should look into it. Yeah, and figure out maybe we can get somebody on because I think just you know, it's just to me as I said, I we we had the conversation. Then I'm there scrolling on Instagram because I do follow um, this artist and I really do love his work. And then when I saw him saying he's releasing a one of one and it's an NFT, I'm like, wait what we just talked about that like you know so I'm like okay there is literally something that is going to happen I know this is he's in the art space which is different um but again it doesn't mean that it can't happen you know and as you said if they're doing it already in the states um mm-hmm. it's it's going to be not too long before it perhaps starts to trickle um south of the sorry north of the border as well right yeah it's definitely going to happen it's it's just a matter of who gets in first and comes up with the right concept that makes the most sense mm-hmm. that, uh, that that eliminates. I just think there has to be some, if you could eliminate, the key would be it to eliminate the mortgage. Yes. How could you eliminate the mortgage? But still, remember, mortgage rates are so low. So eliminating the mortgage, but providing investors the return that they want. So yeah. I wonder like what, what, what that is. You know what I think would work very well in that? Like co-working um, spaces. Mm, so yeah. imagine you had a co you had like a space like an office that you rented but mm-hmm. you like you bought fractional ownership in the office space mm-hmm. which was equated to the same time that you kind of um that makes sense work there because so that that that's actually very very interesting like how could you do that and then there's some sort of value in that right yeah and you know what because that's commercial lending commercial lending is a whole different ball game to your residential and how the rates are, the fees are, and all that stuff. So then you, you're right, probably that might be a play on how you can enter or ease into that type of- yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a way, because imagine you're like, okay, I'm gonna be in my office, but I'm gonna own a fraction of my office that also gives me time in it, you know what I mean? And then the office can still make money because it could rent it out to people that are not part of the ownership, of the ownership structure, right? Or your rent goes towards a sh- like it's almost like a rent to own. So yeah. it's very interesting. Like that's the honestly, that's like the the the, the stuff that's gonna lose half of our audience. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> or, or we're gonna get some. Thinking about it, I was just thinking. I'm like, oh yeah, like I wonder how you know, yeah. There, there is a way, right? Honestly, I don't know the blockchain enough to kind of say how to set that up, but I'm, I'm like, there, there has to be a way to do it. And there, there, I think it would, I think it would work well with, um, like, like commercial. Yeah. I'm worried. I think residential, it's difficult because residential sometimes doesn't provide that return. So you buy a property, but it doesn't rent for what you buy it for. So, yeah. So we got to pick it up next time or we got to find a guest. Yeah. Talk about it more, right? Yes. So we have less than a minute. So I just want to make sure that, again, I wanted to say thank you for tuning into the Wealth Effect Show with myself, Nicole Williams, Jason, Allen, John. 
want to remind everybody that we are up for our first award, right? Um, so yeah. best talk show um, with iLive Radio. So just a reminder before um, I turn it over to Jason, the website is awards with an S dot iliveradio.com. And you'd be looking for us best talk show um, and under that category, the wealth effect. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, everybody. And look forward to seeing you guys next week. Yes, definitely. Have a wonderful weekend. All right. Hello there, this is Benjamin Clementine and listen to iloveradio.com. Hey, what's up, Toronto? My name is Bosco and you're listening to iLive Radio. This is Dwight Drummond from CBC News Toronto and you're listening to iLive Radio. Hey, what's going down, man? It's your boy Trix, a.k.a. the Human Jump Off, man. You locked into iLive Radio. They changed the way I listen to radio, man. Well, y'all listen to iLive Radio. My name is Steve Boyd, a Parliament Funkadelic. And we want to thank iLive Radio for keeping the funk alive. All over the world, worldwide. Ben here. I invite you to join me each and every Thursday between the hours of 5 and 7 p.m. right here on iLive Radio, where we give you the very best in independent and neo-soul flavors. We 